Hey, Soma Church, this is Pastor Brandon Shields, and I'm here with two of our members, Soma, Ashley Binger, and Katie Mays, and we're going to be talking about Sabbath way of life and continuing uh, this conversation, taking it a little bit of a different direction today to talk about the idea of retreating. When I think of retreat, um, it, it for some of us, it might sound like a bougie idea, right? I think of like Maybe for those of us who are older, Weekend at Bernie's, for those of us who are younger, maybe think of uh, a group of uh, young, carefree people in some kind of a travel magazine with hammocks, you know, kind of gathered around a, a fire pit and just doing whatever they do. And I think retreat is a little bit different in how we're thinking about it. And so you all recently had the opportunity to go on a retreat as a group of friends. You took uh, a retreat together. And so I want to explore that together and talk about what we can learn from that and how others who may have a similar uh, need or kind of a, a desire to do that could do that as well. So um, Ash, I'd love if you would just explain a little bit about kind of the idea behind this retreat and why uh, you did this, what led you guys down this path um, at this particular time in your lives. Sure. So um, the three of us ladies, it was Katie, myself, and a girl named Laura. And we had all wanted um, the opportunity to just kind of step away from life and um, experience some time alone um, with, with ourselves and with God. Um, but we didn't want to go to remote Indiana by ourselves. We <laughs> felt like it would be a little scary. And so we decided to do it together. Each of us um, came out of our own just experiences in life, feeling a little overwhelmed for different reasons. And we connected in that way and decided to rent an Airbnb in Bedford, Indiana, in the middle of nowhere on a Christmas tree farm. And we um, spent two nights and spent time together talking with each other, but also alone, um, separately doing whatever was life-giving to us, whether that was reflection uh, with God, prayer, um, reading, writing, just all these sweet things we wanted to do alone that we just didn't really have a lot of opportunity to do that in our own personal lives in the hectic day-to-day. Katie, I know that you grew up in the church and you're very familiar with retreats, you know, probably been on some women's retreats and uh, other retreats with church. How was this different for you when you think about this particular calling that you felt for the silent retreat, um, kind of a time of solitude? What what, what's different about that than maybe some of the things and the ways we typically think about retreat in the church? Yeah, I've gone on quite a few women's retreats, um, and they've been really good, and I think they can be great for connection and for learning, and there always is like a good half hour to go get by yourself and process this. Um, and I just, as I've gotten older and then just also become more aware of what I need with my own personality, I'm an introvert, I don't do well when life gets crazy. I'm pretty low capacity right now um, with my kids and with health issues and just realizing that I needed to get away. Um, and if I looked for a women's retreat, I knew that it would be like all these times of talking and that was not what I needed. <laughs> so it was really out of desperation and um, talking with my husband like, I need to, I just need to get away. And so we did, I picked two people that I knew I could be comfortable with. I needed them to be able um, to be okay when I left the room and just said, I'm going to go be by myself for some hours. Um, there's some people that I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that to. And so um, I talked to Ashley and Laura about it. And I did say it over and over again, like, I'm going to walk out of the room and go be by myself for hours and you need to be okay. Like, I was so concerned that people would be offended, but I wasn't going to spend the money and 
walk away from my kids for three days and not be able to get that type of rest. That just was, I knew that I needed that. But I also really needed them because I knew I would have hours to myself and then want to come back and be able to talk about certain things. There were some big life changes coming up. And so I knew once I had that time, I needed some really safe people to then come back and like talk about things with. And we did have really good conversations. It wasn't like monk-like the whole time and we just didn't even make eye contact. It was like hours to ourselves, and then we come together for a meal and talk for like two, three hours. It was great. Having having the expectations kind of laid out ahead of time was really helpful. I'm more of an extrovert in the group, so it was really important that Katie did tell me, hey, I really want to have some quiet time, and I totally respected that and actually walked away feeling like we could have had a little bit more quiet time. <laughs> we ended up talking um, quite a bit just because we were going through um, things that were happening in life, but I think having that expectation laid out was really helpful. Talk to me about how you all prepared emotionally for something like this. I mean, the thought of this, I think there's kind of a, a, a little bit of a push-pull dynamic with a retreat in that you feel drawn towards it, and yet there's a part of you that also pushes back because the thought of maybe being alone, to even together, is maybe for some people like terrifying. Never had a time, extended time alone, or maybe maybe it even feels selfish or there's some shame and, and guilt in saying, you know, I need this time to care for myself. I need this time to hear from God. And yet I'm leaving my husband with other responsibilities, my kids, you know what I mean? Like just walk me through that process. What was that process like for you? And how did you, how did you work through those emotions and those thoughts? Um, Cause I, I do think this is a little bit counterintuitive for people who are taught in the church, especially die to yourself. Don't really think about yourself a whole lot this feels kind of like you know just a maybe maybe selfish preoccupation with a me time or something you know Mm -hmm. so it taught me through all those potential emotions yeah I think for me it wasn't so much that I was afraid of the silence or the solitude or the time with um with God but more so that whole guilt aspect I have two young children at home so when I'm not there my husband carries the load Um, I'm also a nursing mom, so it's just a lot of preparation. So just having to think through, man, it takes like a week to be gone for one day, just a week of preparation to be gone for one day. So it's always like, is this actually worth it? You know, is the whole um, planning ahead with meals and just preparing to for my husband to take care of my children um, by himself to um, is that worth like one or two nights of solitude? And I have to believe that it is because it's just healthier for my whole family if I'm able to take a step back. But that was definitely a barrier um, to making this happen is believing that it was worth the time and the money and the extra energy ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think as far as preparation, I wish that I hadn't let it go on so long. Like I started talking about this probably in the spring And I was like, this really needs to happen in the summer. I've got things coming up, and I just know I need to get away. And it just, saying it out loud, I thought would make all this difference. And funny enough, it still didn't magically plan itself. And so then by fall, I was like, I am desperate. We've got to get away. I've got to figure some things out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I let it go on too long. And so I didn't really struggle with the selfishness of it because I knew I would be able to come back refreshed. And I don't normally come back from other types of retreats or... I don't come back from MC being refreshed. Um, It's a great thing for me, but as an introvert, it's really draining. And so just knowing that I knew, like what you had said, it was taking care of myself so that I could then come back 
and be able to go at capacity um, that I needed to be able to do. I think that's a really important point is this isn't just a discipline or a, a practice for ourselves. This is actually something that carries back with it benefits that we bring back into our family, into our community, into the church, right? We have kind of gifts. I love uh, Henry Nowen, one of my favorite authors, says that solitude is the furnace of transformation. And it's kind of this space where, you know, we open up and create room for God to work. And again, not just to heal things inside of us, but also to bring back kind of a contribution with us. And so I think that's a sometimes an unintended consequence for people because there's tend to kind of just have a survival mentality. Mm -hmm. But if we're thinking more abundance and, uh, and even, you know, um, service and justice and mercy in the world, these are things that we can bring back with us. Um, talk, talk a little bit about the, what was the, the practical preparation like? So, you know, just getting everything cleared, like what, what did, I'm interested in everything. I'm like, what did your husband say when you came to him with this idea, uh, to, you know, like how far in advance were you preparing? What kinds of preparations did you have to do? Um, just the practical things to get to that, that day or that weekend, um, so that you could kind of just really let go and enjoy that time. Yeah. This wasn't coming out of like an abundance of financial freedom for us. I will just say that, <laughs> um, we had had a lot of things happen that winter and spring, our van was stolen. I had a major surgery. So when I came to my husband, I was like, it felt kind of bad to say, I'd like to spend money on myself, but we set this limit of like, we can find this money. I'll just be honest. Like we were like, we cannot go a hundred dollars for this. What can we make work for a hundred dollars? Laura found this amazing Airbnb, this Christmas tree farm, totally isolated from everyone, but we felt really safe, which is important for three women going yes. off by themselves. <laughs> we it. each took one meal, um, and breakfast was provided because it was an Airbnb, so we just did, each took a dinner, and then someone did me a lunch that we knew that would carry over into Sunday, and I was able to keep it under $100. We rode down together, mm-hmm. um, and that was it. And we knew we weren't going into a vacation. It wasn't like we were going to go there and then we were going to go out to eat or we're going to go, spend you know, extra spend extra money. The focus really was to take this time and make the most of it because it was a financial investment for us having young kids and all these other priorities. Um, and I think now that I've done it, I know this is just something that needs to be worked into the budget. And it's $8 a month for me to do it once a year. And that is totally, absolutely worth $8 a month. Anything else that you would add just in terms of preparation? Yeah, I think Grant wasn't surprised to hear that I wanted to do a retreat. This is something that I've kind of been sharing um, that I wanted to do for a lot of years. When I was younger, I had a roommate who would do prayer retreats on her own, just in cabins. And I like had a romantic view of that, thinking, oh, yeah, alone in a cabin, and then realized that that's kind of a scary thing. <laughs> so when Katie presented the idea to me, I was um, just on board right away. And so I think Grant my husband was very um, supportive of, of the, of it happening. And that was huge for me because I, it's easy for me to second guess and be like, wait, no, financially we can't do this or with the time it's not worth it. But he was the encourager just reminding me that it was worth it. Hmm. Katie, you mentioned that this is not just like a vacation. So how, how do you prepare differently for this than you would for a vacation? How did that shape kind of like the, the schedule. I don't know if you guys even had a schedule. I know some of you are more scheduled, some of you are not as scheduled, more organic, free range uh, approach to life. How did you all balance or how did you create a schedule, I guess, that was aligned with uh, kind of the purpose for the retreat? So as you guys thought about 
like this, the intentionality in the outcomes that you wanted from this, um, how did that affect your schedule and how's that different than somebody like, again, just like a group of friends going off into the mountains to go nature walking together or hiking together for the weekend. Like how is that, how is this different? And then how did that shape the plans that you made in the schedule you created? Yeah, I actually needed some help with it because I knew going into it, I had certain things that I really wanted to write about. Um, that's how I process a lot. And so I knew there were some hurts and questions that I had of God that I wanted to process. I was walking into a new life season when I came back. My youngest just went off to school. And so I was for the first time in over a decade by myself during the day. So it just felt like this new season that I just really wanted to lay before God. And as it got closer, I felt this anxiety creep up in my throat of like, oh my gosh, I've got 48 hours to figure this all out. And I started freaking out about it. And Laura was so good for me. And she was like, she had a total mentality of like, this is a Sabbath without using the words. I was like, if you go in that room and you watch a TV by your show by yourself, that's fine. It doesn't have to be super spiritual all the time. And there was such freedom in hearing that of like, okay, I'm just going to retreat. And so for me, it helped to not have a schedule. Um, I think it was more, what was more important was communicating the expectations. I was just concerned about people's feelings being hurt if I walked out of the room to spend time by myself. But there was such freedom in hearing like, just make it what you want. Like I did kind of have this idealized of like, I'm going to work through so much stuff and I'm going to have pages and pages written. I'm going to come back and my husband's going to be like, this was so worth it. <laughs> and I did honestly watch one show while I was up there. It was like, I'm going to do this. There is freedom in the Lord. Yeah. Um, so that just helped me a lot. So I'm hearing hear you say there's her. some pressure to like prove this time that it has to be kind of dealt with yeah. in a sense. And also, yeah, a per, yeah, like an ROI to your husband and to yeah, everybody else. Totally. So like, I did do something. You gave me this time, but also even a permission that you have to give yourself to not like get it right, especially if you have a strong inter, internal voice that's kind of telling you, or or just a sense that like, man, I don't get this time very much. You know, mm -hmm. it seems like you have to kind of give yourself some of those permissions as well. I think it's both. I think hearing you preach on the Sabbath and talking about it being a celebration was so good for me, and I think I'll carry that into the next time we're able to do it. But there is, I think why I felt that pressure is there is internal work to really rest. I have had times where I've had to physically just lay down and recover for like six weeks on end where everything external gets removed. And if I'm not doing internal work to rest and to enter the Lord's presence, it doesn't just automatically happen. And so I think I knew that. And so going into this, it was like, it isn't automatically going to be this amazing retreat unless we do put some internal work towards it and seeking after the God. And so I think that's where that came from, but that can even be too much. So to hear Laura be like, I'm going to go up and do yoga and just listen to worship music. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes, we can do that. We yeah. have permission to do that. Yeah. That celebrates and glorifies the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I think too, something I realize I do is I kind of save all of these things I want to do to have this like huge chunk of time of like solitude or silence. Um, like just saving time with God, like, oh, I'll, I'll work on that when I have a bunch of time that's like a t bunch of space. And then realizing that that doesn't work well in life to like wait until I have these moments because they're few and far between. So trying to practice the like what what we had at the retreat in daily life, I think has been something I've taken away from it too, that this is, this is beautiful. This is good. It's definitely something, a discipline we should do, but then how do we translate that to our day to day? Because it's just not realistic that I can retreat enough for like, for my health, like, mm -hmm. like the way that we did it, mm -hmm. it would be better if I can figure out a way to do it day to day. Yeah. So 
just give me like a couple snapshots. Like what did, what did you actually do with your time? I mean, like, they, I mean, again, don't, don't, you don't have to disclose anything that's not appropriate or whatever. I know there's a kind of a, a secrecy to this that that's sweet, but what, you know, what did, what did that look like generally speaking in terms of how you actually spend it? I'm sure it was different for both of you. Well, well, let me paint the picture of the weather for a minute. We, it was dreamy <laughs> in my opinion. We had this torrential downpour, like steady rain the entire time, which we all kind of felt like was a gift from God to just kind of close in not feel like we had to be adventuring around the grounds, checking out the scenery, but rather inside, um, just like spending time with God. So I braved the weather to go to this like glass greenhouse that was right next to the main house and um, was just able to read and journal and write and um, listen. I think that's the biggest thing I don't do often is I talk a lot and don't listen to what God um, is saying to me or where he's directing me. So it was just a lovely time to write out some some goals and visions and things I felt like God was leading me that I wouldn't have heard in the busyness of my day-to-day life. So yeah, that literally looked like sitting at a table with a journal, with a book, I think I maybe got up a bunch to get coffee (laughs) because just sitting for too long is hard for me, but um, coming back to it was important. And then doing a little bit of like writing and reflection too. No yoga for me, although that would have been lovely too. (laughs) Yeah, no yoga for me either. Um, Yeah, we each had our own room, which was really helpful there. It did have grounds to explore, um, but it was heavy rain, which was just so soothing in my opinion. So for me, it was, I took my laptop, I did do a bunch of writing, but I did a lot more journal writing. Um, I finished a book that I brought with me. I started a new book. Um, I did watch one TV show. Um, Which show, Katie? (laughs) I'm not going to admit that on the airwaves. Um, um, Yeah, it was, I agree with Ashley, a lot of just listening. Like, having young kids, which everyone has their own thing. For me, it's having young kids. There's a presence always around me. So for me to just go in my room, even if I close the door and say, I need 20 minutes to think, it's not going to be the same as when I'm physically removed from Indianapolis. I know my kids can't come knock on the door. I am not making dinner for anyone. There is actually nothing ahead of me that I have to plan for was huge. We did talk about staying in Indianapolis and doing it, renting a place. Um, Ashley has a young baby that she's nursing during that time when we talked about it, but mentally for us, we knew we needed to like actually put some hours between us and our kids in order to relax. And so it was a lot of just like laying in that bed. And I don't even want to be like, I was praying for three hours, but it was just like, (laughs) like praying and then just like sitting there and like processing stuff. For me, I just, I need actual silence and space to process. And it was just such a gift. If you could name like one thing generally, again, it doesn't have to be super specific, um, that you kind of brought back with you, you know, a gift that you brought back with you from that time. Uh, and maybe you've even seen that integrated into your, your daily life or just maybe into a relationship or something. What, what would that be for y'all? So um, Grant had been encouraging me to read a book that he was reading, and I honestly don't like to read nonfiction. I just don't ever finish it or find it that engaging. Um, But I had decided that it would be good for us to be able to talk about it. So I was just looking for something that had more depth um, than how our day was in my conversation with Grant, just to deepen our relationship. And when there's young babies, it's easy to just kind of overlook the fact that you don't talk about 
um, things other than the babies or your particular day. And so I, I did. I came home and I picked up the book and I've been reading it and we talk about it and it's just been uh, life-giving in my relationship and it started in that glass house I was sitting in in the rain. <laughs> it's so sweet. Um, for me, I realized waking up two mornings there, Saturday and Sunday, lying in bed and no one is coming in and I'm not getting up and making breakfast right away. I'm not starting the day off at this frantic pace. I realized how good that was for me and that that was really missing. Um, and so when we, when we came back, I started something new with my kids where I wake them up 15 minutes earlier. This is not like a family worship time. This is not like a devotion. I'm not <laughs> setting this up, but I, it is worth it to wake up earlier because two of them are like me. And before I was waking them up to give them as much sleep as possible, I'm like, okay, okay, let's go. We're starting the day. Like, this is the day the Lord has made and like trying so hard. And now if it's just like 10, 15 minutes, we go out in the front room um, and we don't talk. I ask them to not talk and we don't talk for 10 minutes. And it has changed my day, honestly. Mm. And they've done super well with it. Um, then we end by reading, I love Valley of Vision, so we end by reading whichever one I would read that day, and then I kiss them and I say, okay, and then we turn mm. on the lights and then we go. And it has just, for my internal soul, has helped so much. And now Joe joins us in it, and it's just been wow. super sweet. But it's not like That's we're nice. teaching our kids theology, we're not even opening <laughs> the Bible, but it has, dramatically changed my day at mm. least but you are teaching them theology actually in a way by your by this practice you are teaching them something about the nature and character of god a god who rests and a god who invites sabbath you know i think that is the powerful thing is you don't have to words aren't always the way we communicate mm. and um sometimes it's the it's the absence that's powerful and i would love to maybe another uh, podcast we could talk about how you keep your kids silent for 15 minutes if there's tranquilizer darts involved with that or whatever but no, that's, try that uh, with a two-year-old yeah yeah so, yes yeah, my, i mean your kids are older the ages is, of my no. kids are older yeah. than some people's yeah. and my oldest is 11 and we started this uh like four or five months ago so yeah. yes this is not something that i can say this is a tried and true method yeah but I think uh, with young kids, you have to know yes. that there's a season for things. So like if this lasts six months and we need something else, I will be willing to move on. But yeah. Mm -hmm. right yeah. And again, I love the idea of just experimenting. These are just experiments and yeah. we're trying things and none of us knows what, what works. But that self-awareness that came out of the retreat now leads to new practices and new ways of being that bring maybe more wholeness to our family than before. And, and again, it might just be temporary. It could be huh, three months. This has to change again because some of their life thing changes. So not holding on too tightly to those, but also recognizing that uh, this call is a, is a call not to get it right, but just, you know, progress over perfect, right? Yeah. So last thing um, I wanted to ask you all is, again, I know people listen to this in our church uh, are busy. People have, uh, you know, busy careers, busy lives, uh, lots going on, maybe holding down uh, multiple jobs or uh, working night shifts uh, as medical folks do or teachers or whatever. How would you encourage people to think about uh, experimenting with retreat um, given, I think for some people it just might feel impossible or unrealistic or even a mark of privilege, you know, and, it's, and this has been an ancient practice that people throughout church history have utilized uh, regardless of how busy they are. But I think it can feel like you're trapped and maybe you don't, you don't know even how to get there. So just any like parting words of encouragement for people who want to lean into this but maybe don't know where to start. 
I think that um, number one, if your initial thought or barrier is no, we can't afford this, maybe there is a way to do it that's really reasonably priced. Like maybe you have a friend whose parents have a condo and you can stay there instead of your house or you can share you know, the cost with friends and go that way. Um, just, you, yeah, there just might be um, an option to do it in a way that will be affordable. Also, I think it's important that we encourage and help one another to do this. So um, if we can recognize you know, our brothers and sisters in Christ who maybe need some Sabbath, if we can take their children, or if we can give them a meal, or if we can provide the space for them to retreat, I think it would just be great as a community to value this and to help each other um, have this Sabbath, especially if they're in the situation where it does seem like it's not realistic for them. Maybe there's something we can do. Um, to help each other out. And I think that's what we did as ladies. We encouraged one another and financially split the bill. And um, that got us actually to make it happen. So I just encourage you to think about who might um, around you be needing retreat and how you can help them get one, get it. Yeah, I think think about what means a retreat to you. This is what meant a retreat to me. And this is what meant a retreat also to Ashley and Laura. So Think about what you want to get out of it. And then I totally agree with what Ashley said about helping each other. This wouldn't have been possible without them splitting the bill with me, without our husbands doing so much work here back at home. Um, It did take a lot of work and coordination to get there. Um, And I think that that's okay. I think that this is um, something that we're called to be obedient in. And so if it feels like work to try to figure it out, and if it feels like making a sacrifice in somewhere else, if it's a priority, um, I think that's okay that it's a sacrifice. I mean, I think looking forward, like I said, now I just know like I need to cut in another area to make sure that this works because the benefit that it is to me and my soul and then how that reflects on my family and then the people around me um, was just huge. It was totally worth more than the financial investment that we put into it. And we didn't do the work. Our husbands did the work <laughs> caring for the kids. So we'll see what we they say. We prepared them. We did prepare for it. I just think it's very attainable to yes. find some space in some way. And it's going to probably look very different than what these three moms were able to do. But um, just don't write it off right away. I think just don't hear it and be like, well, that's not feasible for my life, for my season. Um, and it may take asking, like asking yeah. somebody and being out of your comfort zone to ask maybe a friend if you don't, you know, um, to like help so that you could have it and believe that it's that it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And start small if you need to start small, like find like how I've been able to carve out some silence in my day has really changed, had the biggest impact. I do think that this yearly getting away, I'd love to make it twice a year. Um, but I think just even starting small would benefit I think a lot of people that are looking for that type of rest. Yeah. Thank you all so much for sharing your story. And um, I just want to encourage anybody listening. We have on our website uh, under the teaching series, our spiritual formation page, um, we have a guide for actually how to do this that you can download that talks through retreat, that talks through even uh, integrating solitude and silence into your everyday life. And so I want to encourage people to go check that out, download it. And again, get in community, get in relationship with other people and just start trying to figure out what this could look like uh, in whatever season of life you find yourself. But this is a core practice that um, will open up space for God to, to move and speak in powerful and life-giving ways. So thanks for being part of this conversation. Thank, Thank you. you. This was fun.